Welcome to the Cobra Cast with the present VP. For this episode, we would like to thank these valued partners. Is your scratched window ruining your view? Starting from scratch to your experts at removing scratches from windows and any glass surface. Whether it's general scratches around the home or a knife graffiti tag shop front, they can remove it. They're also helping the environment by saving the window from being dumped into landfill while bringing the glass back to its former glory without the scratches. Don't replace your scratched window. Repair it with Starting From Scratched, your glass and scratch removal specialist for home, shop fronts and cars. Call today for a quote, 87595629 or find out more at startingfromscratch.com.au. Once airborne, we'll let you know when you may use approved electronic devices, but note that some items may not be used. Hello, welcome to the Cobracast of the Present VP. I'm the host, Ricky Rifty, the Pres Logan. Got my co-host, Ricky Etdog, VP Etrich. Welcome to the show and welcome, Etdog. How are you today, mate? It is the Monday after a grand final that hasn't quite been played yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, it we was discussed a great, it last week. It was a great game. Yes. We did. Congratulations <laughs> to the winners, Richmond. Richmond. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, mate. When I was listening back to Wednesday night's episode, I completely forgot that we'd done that. I'm like, he's, he's actually paid attention, edited very well. So, as I mentioned last week, these obviously aren't recorded on the Sunday after the grand final because I'll be in notice that to do so. So it is currently Friday morning, public holiday. I'm a, you know, obviously I'm a bit disheartened with the fact that the kennel today would normally be it's what, 11 o'clock. I'd normally be at the back setting up the decorations and everything yeah. like that for tomorrow, but it's not happening, but it's all right, mate. I've still got the, uh, doesn't matter. I don't put out some decorations. I've still got the cup going. That's been in the kennel uh, all weekend, all week, sorry. I've told Kelly that you know streamers are going up in the garage tomorrow. I've got the uh, well, as you know, we've got the, the racing on and the World Series. So I've got mate, it's uh, it's it's great. You, you can't have Grand Final Day without replays of the Grand Final. So I'm going to have you know Grand Final replays on one TV. The Cox played on another. Third TV added Game Three of the World Series going on. Like it's just going to be. Has it, there ever been a weekend more jam-packed full of sports? In your life, like I reckon there probably would have been, but like, mate, an when, AFL when it, grand final when it comes to big events, yeah, AFL grand final, yeah. Cox Plate, World Series, they're, they're you, got the, you got the UFC on the Sunday, yeah, you got a World Series going on, you got UFC, yeah, massive, okay. massive event on, um, mate, it's it's, it's packed huge. like it's. If the basketball is still running, it's the only thing to make it more. Yeah, you've sure. got gridiron getting played. You've got yeah, everything but, going on. It's bloody unbelievable. Yeah. Who'd, who'd oh. ever thought we'd be watching a grand final and a, and a cock plate on the same day in, in our lifetime, Mike? Look, let's just get this right. I may be watching a grand final. There's still no guarantee I'll be awake for it. I have told my wife that just because it's a 7.30 grand final start in Melbourne – doesn't mean I'm not keeping my tradition going of getting on the beers at 7.30 with breakfast. Yeah, well, and you've got you've the got to have the, to watch. So. Yeah, exactly right. And you've got to have the North Melbourne Grand Final breakfast, otherwise it's not Grand Final Day. Yeah. So, anyway, mate, we're, got, we're going to wrap this up now because this is quite a short episode. Um, so the EACO Bulldogs with... How do you pronounce his name? Gustav. Gustav. Um, it was a quick, very short episode. So what we're going to do, we're going to wrap this up in a minute shoot across to the episode. Then we're going to come back at the end of the episode and talk about our favourite grand final moments and you know, memories of grand final. But before we do, um, you know, I, we obviously are pretty big on our sponsors here. This isn't a sponsor. This is just a company that I feel like, uh, for personal reasons, I've explained to Rift here that I don't think need to be mentioned on air. Just don't think it's appropriate. Um, we don't know COVID hit certain com- businesses quite hard, including uh, mobile pet groomers. Um, you know, my, my boy, the Buster, you know, number one, the mascot for the Cobras yesterday, got a bath and unfortunately something something happened a bit later. And then anyway, don't need to worry about it. But if you're going to get your bloody dog, you know, washed by anybody, get fluffed mobile dog grooming. Head across the, get fluffed. So, you know, get, 
get fluffed, mate. So head across to their Facebook page, get fluffed mobile dog grooming. Hit them up on 0431554795. They're booked out for a couple of months in advance. Um, again, they're not a sponsor of the club, but just due to um, something that happened yesterday with, again, don't talk about it. Um, yeah, I can't recommend a better dog grooming company, mate. Great, great people. And they get around has gone above and beyond. Which that's is, it. That's probably, the, that's probably the word I'm trying to look for. Mate, they're, um, they're not only did a great job grooming, but they've gone above and beyond after the fact. And mate, like you said, we like to support small businesses that are struggling and, you know, there's a lot of industries that are sort of the forgotten, forgotten industries as such because they're not your big retail, they're not you know your big hospitality businesses and stuff. So they're these little you know there's plenty of mobile dog groomers that haven't been able to do their job, and really should have been able to work this whole time. Should have been exactly still right. continue to work. Um, but get fluffed. They sound like they do a great job. Yeah. If I had of... a dog myself, I'd, I'd get him out of the. Oh. To clean them up, and mate, there'd be some bloody shaggy-looking dogs getting oh. around. There'd be some poodles that bloody haven't been trimmed in weeks. And oh, you know. tell you what, Buster doesn't take much maintaining because of his you know, chocolate lab. But he got to the point where he was he he, he stunk. Let's put not without being rude to him. But um, yeah, I got home from work yesterday, and she he was smelling beautiful, and he was. Carl said that he got inside and he was peacocking around a bit, like yeah, look at me, I'm all uh, done up here, mate. But yeah, so get, you know, you know, the dogs aren't the easiest to wash, and these people that make a job of it, they're great at doing it, and you know, getting those difficult dogs washed and stuff. Because I tell you, mate, there's some dogs that just they see the side of water and they'll bloody run. And um, so yeah, we'll share links to their yeah. to their thing, their phone number. Check yeah. Okay. Out. yeah. Again, as you said, they went above and beyond. You know, it was incredible what they done. You know, for Buster and for us. So yeah, get fluffed. Um, yeah. Well, sort of ties in well because we are talking to, to the Bulldogs. Yep. Over so, in Sweden, the Eco. 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 I thought it was Eco. Oh mate, it's it stuffed us up because he pronounced it one way. That the Aussie dudes that we spoke to there right. a couple of few weeks ago, they. They pronounce it a different way as well. So, here, Colt, let's go with that. Uh, the see Bulldogs. you in 25 minutes. Yeah, and we'll catch you at the end. We'll chat all about our favourite grand final moments. Enjoy. All right, today we would like to welcome Gustav, all the way from Sweden. Uh, he's from the Eoko Bulldogs. <laughs> yeah, nice. Close enough, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I was getting ready to give you a round of applause, singing, yep, you got nailed this and you... you... Yeah, it's close uh, enough, I guess. <laughs> yeah, cool. Bulldogs. There we go. It was better than what yeah. I thought it was going to come out like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, th- thanks for getting up early to join us, mate. We do appreciate it. Um, oh, no and we'll get straight into it. We know you've got a busy day ahead. So, um, how did you come across Aussie Rules over in Sweden? Uh, I've been a soccer player for almost 12 years. And uh, then I met uh, on a friends up in Nortelje that played uh, just have started the uh, Aussie rules there so I started in 2012 uh, playing for a team called Nortelje Dockers uh, so so they were just starting up when I joined the team they were playing for I think six months the team been up and we were just in the starting pits so uh, there was the first encounter with the sport and uh, I liked it yeah, nice. So, when and how was uh, the Bulldogs first founded, and why did they choose Bulldogs? I I don't know the. Uh, uh, you mean down here in Eko, or do you mean the Nortelje Dockers? Yeah, no, yeah, Eko Bulldogs. <laughs> Eko Bulldogs. Yeah, uh, I I started to play up there in Nortelje, and then I met my missus and moved down here to Jön Shopping. Uh, in Eko and uh, I, st- I started the club down here uh, in 2016 because I missed the sport so much and uh, weren't uh, going to play anywhere else because it's Malmo or uh, Stockholm teams that are the closest ones so I started a team down here and uh, tried to get some people going and uh, yeah it uh, works pretty good and we have some games and stuff like that so so 
that's the way it started. Yeah, that, that's fantastic that you missed you know, the game that much that you've gone stuff it and start my own team. Um, so, like, how did you come up? Like, why did you choose the Bulldogs? And how did you come up with the, the colours and the jumper design that you guys have? Yeah, uh, the Bulldogs was... Uh, it sounded nice, the Equa Bulldogs. It sounded nice, so it was just uh, simple as that. Uh, and the jerseys and the shorts we have, uh, I have a friend that uh, good uh, a good design. Uh, and we know that we looked at the jerseys from uh, the team in Australia and uh, how they had it. And then we did our, our own thing about it with uh, a sword and uh, a bulldog. Uh, and the sword symbolizes the eco community because there's a big statue in the town that's uh, with a knight that has the sword. So we implemented that in the graphics of the Guernseys and, and did it that way. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, Rifty knows that I'm a, you know, I see himself as well, and, you know, unique jumpers, unique logos, and we get a thrill, thrill out of them. And that's an, um, one of the better ones we've seen across the world, in my opinion. Um, Thanks. So, how did the club go in its first game, and how many players did you have for that? Uh, our first games were about uh, nine nine aside um, in the in the starts, and we've been struggling with uh, getting the numbers up. But uh, lately, we were having uh, a tournament. Now, there's about uh, last last weekend we had a tournament, and then we were managed to get. Uh, two teams, both uh, women and uh, men's team. And we were about uh, 12 people in each team. Uh, but in the, in the beginning, we were just nine or 10 people uh, at the most when we had some games. And so there have been people coming and going uh, this time. So, um, but now we're finally getting some more people that's continue to come to our training sessions and stuff like that. So we're, we're still uh, try, trying to get the numbers up, but uh, it's getting better and better. Are you, are you jealous at dog? They got to play some games last weekend. Yeah. So you actually say that, and I'm going to mention it a bit, a bit later when we do our intros this week, but on Twitter, someone had mentioned about how this weekend would have been the last round for the majority of our games and um, finals. And I actually wrote back to him saying that you look around the world and clubs around the world are getting to play games of footies and stuff like that. So it gives you hope that, you know, next season should go ahead as you as planned, hopefully. So you know, I've, I'm actually getting a thrill out of seeing all these clubs around the world getting the chance to play footy. Even though we're not getting the chance to play it, it's, it's still nice to see all these other clubs getting the chance to play a game that everybody, that we all, we all love. Yeah. Yeah, nice. So, um, imagine you've, you've got a few more players. How, how do you go about recruiting new players to the club? We're usually going around with our uh, asking our friends and stuff like that. And then you get wider and wider with people knowing the sport. And uh, you get sometimes you get people on uh, Facebook hooking up with you and asking if you're training and they're telling you they're interested in in coming to trainings and we have actually picked a few guys uh, from just Facebook uh, that's taking contact over there and uh, coming down to our training sessions and been playing that way. Uh, but uh, the most people we got from friends and uh, people we know earlier, uh, that's the biggest way we get people to the trainings. Yeah, nice. So you mentioned training. Whereabouts do you train and play your games? We have a, we're having a field uh, behind our area called Yetol, uh, old regiment, uh, where we have a field down down the there's a lake close there, uh, and it, the the field doesn't uh, get used too much. So we have put put up some posts and a little backyard feeling of it. Yeah, no, nice. so um. How many games have you guys had the chance to play throughout your history? Obviously, you said that you know you guys don't. You're a bit further away from a lot of clubs yeah. in Sweden, so you don't get to play as regularly as you would like. Or you do get to play as regularly. No, we we just uh, had. I think we have played maybe 
since we started in 2016, I think we have played about maybe 10 games or something like that. Uh, but the people that are uh, really into it, uh, they try to go around and uh, train with other teams and play with the national team and stuff like that and uh, get involved in, uh, in a, the way they can to get uh, as much practice as they can. Uh, so here in Sweden, it's a bit different because you can, uh, if you're down in Malmö, you can uh, talk to the team there and just hook up on the trainings. Uh, and if you're up in Stockholm, you can just hook up in the Nortelli or Stockholm teams uh, to train. So, so that's the way it has been going for the ones that has the opportunity to play. And we have some uh, a smaller league down in Malmö where they have... Uh, Everyone that was interested in playing uh, joined that league and uh, started their own team there with mixed people. Uh, so you get the game time because it's hard when it's have a when we have this uh, long country. It's uh, hard for everyone to travel and stuff like that. So we have sold it in very different ways. Yeah, I did say that they started up a, their own league. Obviously, COVID. We've seen that everywhere. Like a lot of. Um, clubs have started their own leagues to play against each other because of COVID they, without the traditional league going ahead. So how far is Stockholm and Malmö, Malmö from you guys? Uh, we have about two and a half hour from, uh, from here to, down to Malmö and it's about uh, five hours, four, four to five hours up to Stockholm uh, from here, from Ekva. So it's uh, pretty far to travel. Yeah, absolutely. So one thing we'd like to find about is does the club have any sponsors, or have you gone gone to get out and gone to, have you gone out to get sponsors or anything like that? Yeah, we did. We did when we, when we got our guarantees and uh, our player play kit. Uh, then we got some sponsors for that. Uh, otherwise, we just uh, finance everything with uh, our membership fees and uh, stuff like that. And we have our field is uh, pretty cheap, also. So. So we don't have that many uh, uh, expense. Uh, so so we're, we're good. But if we're having something bigger, we try to get some sponsors, but not very much. Yeah, cool. Um, so what about the social side for the club? Do you guys do any functions together as a group? Yeah, we try, we try to have something. Uh, we have some, uh, yeah, meet somewhere after a game or something or... Or go somewhere, if we play in Malmö, we go for a beer afterwards or something like that to try to do a, an event of, of it when we finally get something going and stuff like that. Uh, organizing some uh, dinners or something, but uh, mostly some, some social activity after uh, games or something like that. Yeah, nice. So what about a end of season trip? Do you do anything like that? No, we haven't done any. We haven't done any special end season because we don't have any season <laughs> play. So, so we just uh, uh, play. And when we have some, uh, if we're going to a tournament, we do something there and afterwards. Uh, and uh, when we have some game or something, we organize something then. Uh, but when we can get more games going and uh, probably uh, some uh, some series playing, then we. Uh, then we're probably going to do something off the season on uh, awards night or something like that. Yeah, nice. So, as you say, like you've only just been going for a couple of years. How has COVID nineteen? How did the impact of COVID nineteen like sort of impact you trying to continue to grow your club? We're we're pretty small and we didn't have any serious play. Uh, so I think we're doing pretty okay even with the COVID nineteen. And we're a, a small small group uh, our our team even with the women's and men's teams we're pretty small so we can we can still uh, organize uh, small trainings and stuff like that uh, uh, so i think we we're the team that's uh, managed the best in sweden because we're not that big so we still could uh, get something going going even though we 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 had to postpone for a while there when it's was uh, Hard on the country, uh, but still, still uh, okay, I reckon. Yeah, nice. So, what position do you play? 
uh, where I'm needed. Uh, but I'm usually playing in the midfield or in the backfield. But uh, lately nowadays I'm got a bit fat and slow, so I have to position myself uh, further down the line. <laughs> Uh, I love someone that's honest about that type of stuff. Um, so what what number do you wear? Fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. Hey. Any 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 reason behind that, or just? I'm I'm the kind of coach that doesn't uh, look on sports, so uh, there's nothing, uh, no player or something. I have uh, taken it from. I when I played uh, soccer, I had fifteen uh, late late. Uh, Last year, so played. So I just picked that up and uh, keep going with it. Yeah, nice. So, do you follow anyone in the AFL? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, maybe so, I should, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so maybe you should. But I got a better idea, Rifty. Bugger the AFL, bugger the VFL. All we need is a team in the Southern Football Netball League. That's the Sandown Cobras. When someone turns around and says, who do you support in Australia? Sandown Cobras. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, look, we do, it, fit, it fits right in at our club. We all got the beards going, you know, mate. Yeah. He could, he could pass off as your doppelganger if you took oh, your hat off. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. I reckon the, the right lighting. Right lighting, mate. It's bit a, of a tan, bit of a tan on my head. I reckon we're, we're <laughs> yeah, a chance nice. here. We're a chance. Hey, we could you can do the it. running for me on the field. <laughs> no, 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 you can do that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we could slot him down at full forward and somebody be like... Right, we, could oh, him, we, could last, we could have used him last year when I was out injured. He made a remarkable, remarkable recovery from, from Achilles injury. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, nice. Well, uh, yeah, well, mate, if you're ever over in Australia, you'll have to come down and um, yeah. have a kick have a kick with us down at Sandown but yeah mate don't worry about any AFL team you 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 follow the Sandown Cobras now and we'll uh, we'll send yeah. you a, we'll send you a beanie over so you can uh, keep nice. the, keep the head warm during your, the colds yeah the winter months winter um all right well we may as well get you to throw some teammates under the bus now I reckon um yeah it's, it's that time so what do you got first that dog all right, so who at the Bulldogs would you say is the uh, the joker of the club? Uh, we have an Australian playing for us. <laughs> and I would say he's the <laughs> joker team, always the loudest and uh, shopping in every time we're talking and stuff like that. So he would uh, definitely be the, the joker in the team. Yeah, it sounds like the bloody Australian. Um, yeah. <laughs> how about the party animal? I think he's uh, taking that one also. <laughs> no, I, I love it. You wouldn't be an Aussie in Sweden if you weren't taking at least one yeah, of those out. That's, that's true. That's true. Um, all right. Who's the person that takes the game far too serious? <sighs> far too serious. We have a new guy that's uh, started training for us. He's only trained for... Uh, maybe five, six sessions uh, and did his first uh, games down Malmö for a, a few weeks back. Uh, he's pretty serious. He's going head on and uh, every time uh, 100% to, uh, on the game. So uh, I think he will take that, uh, that role. Yeah, nice. All right. Um, who's the, the one person you wouldn't have to share a room with on a footy trip away? Who I don't want to share a room with. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's a hard one. Fuck. I, I go with the Aussie again. <laughs> the Aussie again? Yeah, the yeah. Aussie again. <laughs> Yeah, you got to watch out for those Aussies. They might yeah, they're, piss in your shoes or something. Yeah, fuck. They have uh, all, uh, <laughs> all fucking ideas. <laughs> I probably just picked up what you said, Rifty. Yeah. <laughs> cheap shot. But, uh... Yeah. <laughs> so, so one thing that we've learned across around the world is that nicknames in some clubs are massive and some clubs don't have nicknames. Do you guys have any good nicknames at your club? 
No, I don't think we have any. Uh, not especially that that has catched on. We, we have nicknames though, but but we don't have any special that uh, the douche or uh, something uh, <laughs> that you would. Uh, <laughs> no, no, not not especially. No, no. Nah, that's all right. Um, yeah. it's, it's hopefully the Aussie will start bringing some nicknames there for you, so you'll start. Yeah, probably, get, probably getting some nicknames going for you. <laughs> um, but thanks a lot for your time, mate, and joining us today. Um, let you go have some breakfast with the family. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, if uh, everyone, anyone wants to follow along with the Bulldogs, where where can they find you guys online? Uh, we're on uh, our Facebook page. If you can pronounce Eko Bulldogs, and then you can find us there on the Facebook. <laughs> and uh, we have uh, a Facebook page and a Facebook group that you can join into. If uh, if you're friend with me, I can invite you to that uh, when we post our all our trainings and stuff like that. Uh, but Facebook for now, we're maybe getting on a, a site going, but uh, that's later down the line. Uh, all good. We'll make sure we uh, get the spelling right and uh, yeah. share share the link for that when we post nice. it up. Uh, but thanks again for joining us, mate. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day and take care. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, mate. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that chat with Gustav from the Eco Bulldogs. Uh, like we said, we'll come back at the end to after that short episode to chat a bit about our favourite grand final moments. Um, Mark, I'm just going to cut you off right there, mate. There's only the greatest grand final ever. 95? Ever. 93, mate. Oh, man, have you, have, you, have you seen a better grand final in your life? 93, the baby bombers, just Michael Long running through the middle. But before you sit there and say it was touched, that's going to lead to my first question, right? At a young age, what was the first moment that you remember from a grand final, whether it be, you know, you watched it on VHS handful of years later but that's your first when you were a kid and you thought about grand finals that was your first memory because for me it was the michael that michael long goal by the time i was six i could recite that call word for word and i still can because when i you know, had, the, had the old vhs's and had the 93 highlights on it and that mark you know, 93 grand final michael long running through the middle of the mcg it could have been touching the line. No. no. That was that first memory that comes to my mind when I thought of the grand final when I was younger. How about you, mate? Yeah, well, so when you're talking grand finals and one of the most iconic moments, and, and it, it's it's not like I was there to see it, but the Jezelinko mark, Jezelinko, you beauty, like that's, you know, it's an iconic moment in, in football history. And it's been, you know, showed that it gets showed everybody mark of the year and every, you know, highlights package. You can't have a highlights package without that. So you got that one, and then the the old uh, punch in from, from basically the stand where he punches it back in was at Buzz, and six uh, wasn't it? Yeah, six six St Kilda's won St Kilda's won premiership, and uh, yeah, punches it back in and got the goal. That was, but like the first my first experience watching the grand final that was good is 95 and diesel going forward snagging a couple goals and and just breaking the hearts of geelong and and um yeah you got cuda running around if young young very young cuda running around and it was yeah it was a good time for us and so what you would have been one highlight since so, so you would have been what 10 95 11 11 yeah so yeah. you yeah, so same age as me for the 2000s so you do remember that that you know, that sweet spot age where you do remember it and you're actually you're paying attention to it very closely but i'll tell you what mate i would say, what do you reckon would you rather when you're 10 years old or would you rather when you're 30 years old seeing your team I'd, win a prep flag i'd rather see one now yeah, yeah that's right so i just see, thought, i think now 93 I might be a little bit off, but I'm pretty sure 93, we actually had to watch that in hospital because my brother had broken his leg and was in hospital at that stage. I, yeah, I remember. I can't remember if it was 93 or 94 grand final, but we definitely watched the grand final 
sitting with him at hospital after he'd had to have surgery on his leg, my older brother. So, Play, yeah. Um, yeah. That's, yeah, it's, it's, that's not a grand final memory you really want to have. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> my brother did a good job on yeah. his leg. So, um, yeah, it's incredible. So, like, to the grand final, like, what's your, so obviously you watched the 95 grand final. So, is that your, your favorite, um, favorite memory from a grand final? Like, not your favorite memory. What's your favorite memory, you know, of a certainly of where you were or when you're younger, whether or not it was maybe last year, your favorite memories when you took, um, everybody's money from the kennel and the sweeps that could be your favorite memory <laughs> yeah like i reckon the two uh west coast and sydney grand finals were probably like two of my favorite grand finals to watch and just with how closely contested they were uh, you know big get together with the family and stuff they're probably two of, two of the you know in more recently your favorite ones that and you know leo barry you taking yeah. that mark and stuff. Um, they were they were cracking grand finals, and you know, last year we know how that went. It was pretty one sided sort of thing, and it, like when you don't have a dog in the race, all you want is a good is a good race. You want it to be close, and you want to be tight to the end. And I think those two, and then the Geelong was it Geelong and Saint Kilda. Uh, was it Saints with the little topo? Thank you. Yep. Scarlet through the middle, and yeah, that was that was a cracking one. And mate, the drawn, the draw yes, grand final that was, was yeah. like that was something else because it was what the hell happens now? Nobody knew. Like, do we go to extra time? And then when you're like, oh no, they're gonna play it yeah, again you, next it, week. I remember that. Yeah, it was it was, it was strange. It was bizarre. So I, 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 before I get to my favourite memory... But hold on, on that drawn grand final, all right? This is the one. When Stephen Mill didn't go for that ball and sort of let it bounce, what were you thinking at the time watching that? I was probably thinking I need another drink. Um, I'm going to guess that was about where I was. But now I reckon... I think it was a bit like, oh, bloody hell. Because like, in reality, as a forward, you always expecting that to bounce to you. That the by that ball came in, you look at it now and you're going, Yeah, that's that's popping up. That's gonna fucking just slit up and come up and it's just wrong end and but, but the thing of, is all like, the, of all the guys for it to happen in front of the tip rat, right? You think yeah. mate, he loves a bloody goal. And on the big stage, the biggest stage of them all, you think he was gonna attack that ball, take it, swing around, snap it, goal. Yeah win the bloody game for him. And then the way you sort of let it bounce, you what the hell are you thinking? The thing is though, right, Rift? Now, this is, I. you can look at it two ways. And I like to, I look at it as the fact that, yes, he was fit, it was pretty clear, but there's every opportunity, every possibility, he's gone for the mark, it slips through, and then a fucking Collingwood bloke can get there quick enough, and then they don't get the point anyway. So there's always that sort of, double yeah, yeah. but I was, and, then, and then you got, the, obviously, the rewalt. Yeah. Smothered. So, that was... I was watching, I think I was watching, I don't know what grand final it was, because obviously I've mentioned many times, it's week of grand final, a few weeks before leading up to the grand final, though, I just chuck on old replays, watch them. It's been, I've done it since I was a kid, and even at 30 years of age, I ain't changing shit. So I was watching the grand final, I think it might have been, I think it was 09, Geelong St. Kilda, the, the toe poke. And I was explaining to my wife, Kelly, that major, pretty much every single foot every year, there's a moment in a grand final that's, you know, the 2018 was the Dom Sheed goal. Last year, there wasn't really much. 18 was, eight, oh, 17 was the, um, was pretty much the, the, the power stance. That was like the mem- the moment. You got that, the toe poke. Yeah, you've the, got the, um, 16 with uh, Tom Boyd kicking that goal. Yeah, the Tom Boyd moment. You've got the... 100 metre goal. Yeah. <laughs> You've got is it the, the Heath Shaw and the Reebok moment for the 2010 replay. And I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm going, you know, you've, there's moments in every, like majority, the Leo Barry moment. There's the um, the Melcheski goal on the Sydney Premiership win in, oh, in 12, 2012, they bet Hawthorne when Melcheski bowled the goal. In, okay. there's, just, there's moments. And I'm sitting there like, I can't actually think of a grand final where there wasn't a moment. Like the 04, the moment was what he... Alice Lynch and Wakeland belting the crap out of each other. Yeah, see, 
I'm a, I'm a bit different to you. I, I don't really I don't watch many like full replays of grand finals. So I watch it live at the time, and unless it's Carlton, I haven't really like I, I don't think I've even re rewatched '95 in Look, full. I'm also um, not gonna, I'm also not going to lie to you, Rift. I've got a feeling that the fact that uh I've got new Barcelona at the bar. There's only a couple of games of footy on a weekend. I can't go anywhere. I feel like that has also made me watch the grand finals a bit more this year. The fact that I wouldn't mind having a beer at my bar. There's no footy on. Like the other day, I was watching the bloody Brisbane Collingwood grand final from 2002, 2003. And... So that was some cracking games as well because there's and... not, nothing more I enjoy seeing Collingwood get their hearts broken. But you think of it, I was watching, it must have been the 02 grand final where like it was very late in the piece where Brisbane finally got ahead. And I don't remember that game being that good. And I'm watching, and this is an absolute cracker of a game. I just, I don't know if I was that little bit younger, but it, I actually forgot just how good a game that was. And I'm up, I'm up to, um, I think I'm up to like halfway through 2003. So I'll be, by tomorrow morning, once the uh, first espresso martinis poured, I'll be right into the 2005 and 2006 grand finals. But anyway, my favourite memory from a grand final, which I think you'll be pretty well aware of what it's going to be, was... um. 2000, obviously, the Bombers going all the way and winning it. But I was fortunate enough to end up in the rooms after the grand final. and uh, got photos with all the players and the, holding the Premiership Cup. And as a, you know, as a 10-year-old boy, just starstruck at his heroes. And the, uh, All right, you need to track down some of those photos so we can... We can share them. I can edit them in and we can see Little Wet Dog with the... I know uh, exactly where they are, mate. Yeah. With, the, with the cup. Yeah, I, I need them sent to me, though. Okay, I'll, I'll send them to you. I'm to take photos of them. But yeah, you know, me holding the premiership. Yeah, say little et dog with some hair. No, you actually can't see my hair because I had the, you know how you said the old, yeah, 2000 had like the scarf, the red, so that, you know, wrapped around my head so I wouldn't lose it in the rooms. It was a, but yeah, I end up actually, so my mum goes to me, remember, 10 years old, you love your footy. You, you, you're on the couch, you've been kicking the body socks around in the lounge room waiting for the game to start and, your mum comes and you go, oh, let's go. You, you start crying. Like, what, what do you mean, let's go? No, get in the car, we're going. And they're driving. We're living in uh, safe at the time. And she goes to me, if you could go anywhere in the world right now, where would it be? Like, to the MCG. And she's like, all right. And as a 10-year-old, you're a bit like, fuck you, what about women? Like, we, we can't go there. That's an hour away. It's, the game's on. And it's like, look in the back seat. There was a you know, brand new Buffalo footy and she's like uh we're getting into the rooms after the game and i i don't remember what i the rest of the day majority of the rest of the day was a blur to me so we didn't have tickets it was just going to be three quarter time in you go so a little bit of backstory how this happened my mum was working with somebody who her son was best match with adam rabinaskis and she also knew people that manned the door and people in the, in the footy club at Essendon. so she was going to be able to get in she said, so she has photographers, so she's explained to people, that, yep, no dramas, they can come in as well. So that's, that's fine. And um, we're standing at the front of the MCG at halftime and you know, back in the day where you just have the signs, you know, one free ticket, please, or two free tickets, there was a sign on the ground. And I've read it, wow, one free ticket, please, thinking that I was just saying it to myself and an older Melbourne supporter gentleman walked past and he's like, oh, you want to get into, this, into the game, mate? And I, I froze. Mum's like, yeah, yeah, he is. And he's like, oh, well, enjoy. Handed me his ticket. As a 10-year-old, I'm just like, oh, okay. And there's my mum, mum of the year. In you go. Go inside with you know, 95,000 strangers as a 10-year-old. You'll be all right. <laughs> so I don't remember much of it. I remember sitting, I think I was on the, on the AFL members, in the AFL members on the wing, like level one, halfway back, just couldn't see shit because everyone was too much taller than me. And then... I think I remember at three-quarter time, I was a bit, like, you know, startled. So I went outside the ground and because I didn't get a pass, they wouldn't let me back in. But then me mum fucking managed to talk to the bloody security guards to let me get back in. And then we stood there and watched the presentation. Next thing you know, we're in the car park, dragged into the rooms. And, yeah, that was – it was a surreal moment. To, and I remember speaking to my mum about 10 years later because I remember her just oh, – nah, 15 years later. I remember her just sort of standing there out of the way. I don't know why it was a bit of a strange, like I just remember her standing there at the way and I said, you're like, you know, what was going through your head? Because I remember just standing there, you weren't really going out. And she's like, oh, she's like, I was just taking it in. As someone who never thought I'd be in that position, I was enjoying watching my son enjoy himself and just taking in the fact that I was around all these people. I'm like, 
It actually makes a lot of sense. But yeah, that's my pretty cool grand final story. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a pretty pretty cool one. Mm. I don't have anything like that. I haven't been to a granny. That's all I've got. Haven't, so uh, effectively, I've actually I've never seen. To, I've been in the rooms like we spoke about yeah. last so, time. Uh, I've worked at some footy games, so I've so been in rooms. But come to think of it, I don't think I've ever actually. I know I would have watched Essendon's 2001 grand final the whole game. Actually, I'm pretty sure by three quarter time I was across the road kicking the footy, holding in my tears. But um, anyway, but my favourite actual like, grand final moment from re- from recent years, it's it's hard to go past that toe poke. I think just it's something that's like edged in your, edged in your memory because it was such a big, cool moment. Um, but uh, actually, you know what? The Tom Boyd goal and the Dom Sheed goal are on par sort of on par for me because obviously that was two years I had people here for the grand final and everyone was backing everyone was backing them teams in yeah. and when Dom Sheed and Boyd kicked that goal the, the, my house erupted it was just yeah it was like yeah, we're there and because I'm pretty sure you know I hate knowing how long it's left in the game so when it got to the last quarter and yeah it was a close game I've nicked inside grabbed a sticky note stuck it over the time on the TV. So no one had any idea how long was left. The only people that knew that how much was left is they were on their phones and it was a it was a straight thing. If you know how long is left, you don't say it. Let people enjoy it. So we had no idea how long was left. I think that made it, it's just a great memory the fact that 30 people here just erupted besides like maybe one person and who cares about them? <laughs> Oregon what made that Tom Boyd one even more special was having Luke Darcy in the commentary box as well. And you could just hear the, the passion and excitement in his voice of somebody that played his whole career for the Bulldogs and to now see them finally win one. Um, that's pretty something special to have, like, you know. Yeah. Another thing I was actually thinking about was um, like the BT commentary and that guy on the Triple M where he's lets out a, a bit of a fuck. That was, that, yeah, yeah. I'm not a big fan of BT, but that was good. But, I was thinking back on that Leo Barry moment. And as a commentator, when there's big moments that you don't know they're going to be big moments, geez, when you nail it, you must be pretty happy with yourself because the fact, I think it was, was it Quartermain? It was Tom Lane? Kim Lane? Okay. Whoever it was, you know, Leo Barry, you star. Like, that is just, you, you can't know it. These days, it would be, Leo Barry, ha-ha, Leo Barry, and it would be crapping on about his bloody, you know, his, his weird name. They probably wouldn't even pronounce it correct, or they'd be talking about something completely relevant as this massive moment happens. So, as a commentator, when you, when you know a moment, it's it does it adds to the, yeah, it adds yeah, to it. It's, it's, and that's the thing, like you said, when there's those moments in grand finals, you know, you, you can see the commentators sense it a bit that something's, either needs to happen or something's going to happen. And, um, you know, they, yeah. Yeah. I feel, I, feel, some... I feel like in the last quarter as well, they're a bit more aware about it was a close game. They need to emphasize, emphasize, what's, emphasize what's going on in the game. And I, I, it's, it's something that's almost unique to Aussie rules is how important the commentary is at those moments where, you know, like you've got, you know, the NFL where he could go all the way. It's sort of, but those individual moments of beauty that happen during a game, uh, you know, the commentary can take it to another level and that's, it's got to be right on point. And because anything can happen at any point in bloody time, um, it's something that's, I think it's pretty unique to the Aussie game. Yeah, absolutely. Well, when I was watching the 2002 Grand Final, mate, you know how nowadays it pops up commentators and there's a, a list as long as the movie credits, how many commentators there are. 2002, there was two. Yeah. Literally only two blocks calling the game. And it, it, it was great. No one was trying to outdo each other. It was just two people calling the game. I, I do feel like a lot of commentary in the AFL now is trying to fit as many people as you can in. Yeah, too many special Special comments, comments and, that aren't yeah. adding anything to it, but I and it's it's weird. Like when you say 2002, like it just seems like a couple of years ago. Yeah, you know, 18 years ago is is a long time in anything, but yeah, yeah it's it's right. Mate, remarkable so, how much has changed. 
2003, right? I'm watching the game. Remember when they put red at the top of the goalposts? Red. They had like the top of the goalposts were a bit short, like a lot shorter, and they had like red, like red, um, like paint at the top of the goalposts. It was, oh my, I'm going to show you this because it was, I was just like, what the hell? And then I remembered. I'm like, oh, that's what they did that, didn't they? Because remember how I think it was Matty Richardson was saying he filled up the goalpost narrow or something. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he wants them to make them longer, doesn't he? Well, they've already made them. Like, you look at the goalpost back in them days to look at it now, and they're bloody all over the joint. Here we go. Well, one of the things when we chatted to the boys from Kick to Kick that came up was the fact that it used to come up on the screen who was getting interchanged. Yeah, it's... Uh, and it's something that you now you, you don't even think of it, but it was a, a pretty important part of the game because you'd go, oh shit, bloody herd's yeah. gone off. Like, why has he gone off? Like, and now it's like, oh, he's off for his thirty second rest that he's going to have five hundred other times during this game. Like, it's no big deal. Yeah, like nowadays it's literally just on at the ground when you're allowed to go to a game of footy. It's literally just got above the bench when they're not doing the stats. The numbers and it's like that's all it is. It's incredible. Oh, I can't. I'll yeah. send you a picture after. I can't send a find uh, a picture, but yeah, like you know, unfortunately this year, you know, up at the Gabba wasn't quite the grand final we had, mate. But as we spoke about with the boys and the Kick the Kick podcast, like you know, the grand final hasn't always been played at the MCG. There's you know, during the war years where they used the MCG as a base and. 91 when it was played at Waverley, even back when the VFL first started, it was at Junction Oval and whatnot. So, but being out of Victoria is different. As much as I do not like night grand finals, I am either going to be either really against them, more against them than what I was on now, or be just the same. The fact that we're not allowed to go anybody at our houses, I feel like a night grand final is actually not a bad thing for us because during the day, you still have to go out and um, drink uh, cordial in public um, with with a mate from another house. So you at least go out and socialise all day with somebody, you know, social distance, mask on, besides when you're having a beverage and everything like that, and then come home for two hours already in a state that's not good for anybody, watch the game of footy and get a good game of footy as well. I think we've got two good teams and then go to bed. So it's not – I feel like a 2.30 kickoff this year – probably would have just made it so hard to follow the rules. Yeah, and I think it's there'll be plenty of people trying to get around it at the moment. But I think there's one thing the AFL and a lot of the sporting bodies around the world have done is adapt to, to everything that's going on and the efforts they've gone through. And, and you've got to take your hat off to everyone that's involved in the AFL, all the players and everyone that's just got on with the job. And, you know, you don't hear teams complaining they had to harbour and all this. You know, yeah. there's some teams that have even said it's been great for their young playing groups to spend this time hub together. So um, it's awesome that they've been able to just get on with it and they still get us a grand final to watch. Yeah. And and I, the one thing I do not want to hear out of anyone's mouth, whether Richmond win it or Geelong win it, I do not want to hear, oh, there's a bloody asterisk next to it. It doesn't really count. Because, no, fuck all that. This year, for for two Melbourne teams to make it to a grand final at the Gabba after all been... the, everything that's gone against all the Victorian teams this year, it's, it's remarkable. And so, yeah, they've been away from home for what five months, six months now, isn't it? They'd be quite, oh, not six months, about four or five months now by now. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and like... traveling between, you know, either going to yeah. Perth, Queensland, going they'll, back and forth, and they're traveling and stuff. day of games. I literally traveling in the morning, play their game, then travel home. And, and we know interstate clubs have to travel, but yeah, you get to go home every after every game. Like you back back to your home, you might travel every second week, but nothing like what's going on this year for all the teams. So, well, I don't want to hear no, asterisks or any of that shit. If you lose, take it on the chin, yeah. and yeah, cop it. I, I I feel like you know, Bruce, the Queen, the government, Queen, the Queensland government have done a great job and. Making sure everything's good to go with you. Know, I'm pretty. I'm fairly sure they're even going to still have the Oz kick kids handing out the medals. I'm pretty sure because it's whatever it is. But you know, I was obviously a big soccer fan, so uh, the um, English soccer was still getting played quite heavily until when it was when they got sort of shut down and brought back, and it was still 
very heavy lockdown to the point where the blokes, with the, you know, the blokes would literally, they win a medal, walk past it, pick it up, and that's it. There was no presenting of medals. So the fact that the Queensland government have been able to get us in a point where we can still have somewhat of a normal post-match thing. And also, I don't want to hear anybody after the game being like, oh, they're breaking COVID restrictions. They're breaking their COVID like protocols. So apparently, as soon as that final siren goes, both teams are technically out of the bubble. So apparently, as soon as they're allowed to go into the crowd. So yeah, apparently, once, the, once that final siren sounds, they're no longer in the hub. They can do what they want. So that, I think that's good. Oh, that was good for me to find out because otherwise it would have been, you know, what would have been like, hey, the team loses and the blokes in the crowd. Nah, take it off from there. They shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> take it off them. But uh, any, the one thing that it's probably getting forgotten about a bit is these Melbourne teams have plenty of fans interstate. Yeah. And you, you imagine what it'd be like for a Queenslander that's supported Geelong or Richmond their whole life, but they've lived in Queensland and now they get to, to watch a grand final up in the Gabba. It'd be something special. And, and mate, enjoy it because it's going to be the only yeah. bloody one you get, hopefully. <laughs> and that's another thing when it comes to, like, imagine about the Auskick kids hanging, handing out the medals. Like, imagine being a little kid up in southeast Queensland. You, you might get to play in the Gabba once a year if you're lucky when Brisbane are playing out there. And all of a sudden, you're being told, hey, mate, you presented the medal on a grand final day. You'd be something you wouldn't dream about. And even just if the kids actually get to play on, I don't know if they're going to be allowed to play halftime of the game. I'm, I'm hoping there's still a grand final sprint. I haven't heard about that. If there's not a grand final sprint, just cancel it, mate. That's all I watched the grand final for, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. I know sprint. you're a passionate sprinter. Yeah, mate. Um, mate everyone, everyone gets at halftime at my house, everyone gets up to go and. Do it. Well, I'm like, where are you going? The main event's about to start, guys. Yeah. It's why it's why I've never understood the AFL going on about, you know, we need a night game for entertainment, you know, halftime entertainment. It's like, don't don't you take the halftime sprint away from me. Is it because it's been the only thing that Carlton and Essendon have had a winning in the last bloody twenty years has been the grand final sprint? We've won one? 15, 15 years. Yeah, I think didn't Sard win it one year? Oh, he's probably a Gold Coast. I don't uh, know. I don't... Probably, probably was. <laughs> yeah. He'd be a cow. I mean, you guys won one as well then. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Grand Final Day is a, is a great day. It's unfortunate that it's, um, you know, it is, it's happened. But I think that we've all sort of accepted it and we're just happy we're getting a Grand Final. And, you know, it's good to see a bit of the... It's, I, I say this very, very sarcastically. It's good to see a bit of the MCG up there. Um the bit of turf that's sitting not even on the ground, it's on the outside of the ground. But, you know, yeah. whatever, Rebel, if Rebel Sport want to spend money. But that's the thing. Rebel Sport have probably made a killing through this COVID period anyway because they're one of the only they're few sports shops that would be deemed that busy to warrant being open. So, you know, that's the thing. If everyone's going about the AFL have, have had cuts and they're spending money on moving a bit of turf up there. It's, yeah, AFL just approved it. They didn't have to throw any money into it. So it is a bit bit different. But mate, I'll tell you what, it's grand final today. Oh, it was grand final today. Congratulations to Richmond. <laughs> and um, yeah, where, where are we off to on Wednesday, mate? Um, that's a good question. We are off to... Oh, Nashville. Nashville. Nashville, that's right. I was... Nashville, uh, Tennessee. Yeah, the, yeah, the kangaroos. Yeah, kangaroos. Nashville, Nashville. Tennessee. Yeah, mate. That, that was one of the places um, I was keen to learn a bit about because Nashville is, you know, your your favourite music genre comes out Se- of Nashville. The second favourite. Second favourite. We know it's your favourite. It's all right. You don't have to. None of the other boys are here. But the fact that I sit there and say, openly say, second favorite means I don't really care if people know it's one of my favorites. Yeah, but you know what my favorite—it's my second. No, you know what my favorite. You know what my favorite genre is, mate. (laughs) And it's um, you know, the birth birthplace. My favorite genre is in a few weeks in LA. Well, actually, no, New York, I guess, was the birthplace. Which, but anyway, yeah, my favorite my favorite TV show comes out of there. So more like it. What Nashville? Yeah, <laughs> the show Nashville. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you, do you not remember? The, you obviously don't remember. No, not my. Remember how I mentioned that the wife never ever asks me questions to ask anybody when I say oh, we're doing, yes, yes. and she asked me to see if Nashville was like the actual the TV. Show. So yeah, yeah. Actually, I should have told we're doing OC because when we done Orange County Giants, because she probably would have asked me if um he knows any of the Real Housewives. Yeah, 
fuck, I hate that show. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. All right. But yeah, that's Wednesday night. Um, we're starting to actually get up to date with some, mate. We're not recorded 16 months in advance. Yeah. Well, before we wrap this up, though, Brownlow, we haven't mentioned that. Oh, yes. That's because I fell asleep. <laughs> um, but Lockheed I, Neil, deserving uh, winner. Absolutely. Had a, had a great season. Absolutely. Just no, I, I, luck, lucky for the other blokes, he didn't have a few more games because he would well, have had a record number of votes, I reckon. Yes, but lucky for Lockheed Neil that uh, Matty Rao went down early days. Oh, Matty Rao. What, what was the three games, three best? Oh, again, best I fell asleep. I tucked into far too many beers watching the Sanford Grand Final. <laughs> No, no, I'm pretty sure he was... Yeah, I think uh, it was like... I think it was, it was yeah, three and three? It was three, three votes. First player since Chris Judd to get three votes in uh, back-to-back games in their debut yeah, season. So That's incredible. Unbelievable. He, um, the issue with Matty Rao, though, is that because they know how good he is, blokes are going to sit on him now, next year, I feel. But... Oh, mate, he's a ball. He'll just... He won't. They won't face him, just like Chris Judd when his first year made it down. Never stopped him from winning a Brownlow and another one after That's that. True. So no, he's going to be an absolute freak, Matty Rao. But yeah, it'll be uh, Lockie Neal be deserving. Absolutely. Cripper and Rao up there next year. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, I do I, I do like Cripper, so I'm not going to sit there and tell you, Dreaming, because he does have the capabilities of taking home Charlie. But um, yeah, no, the grand final was, uh, the Brownlow was a, was good. Um, it was nice to see they wrapped it up within the space of three hours. Yeah, um, I didn't watch again, all of them. I, again, I fell asleep. After like two rounds, so. it was a little bit. To so, be honest, I, I think it was better not having um, McAvaney do the interview right next to Lockie Neal and, and you know all up in his space because that definitely would have breached uh, COVID, COVID protocols. And I, I think I think Dusty still got um, McAvaney holding his hand. <laughs> okay, the one thing that I did not understand again, I didn't watch it. I fell asleep, as I said. But why did Lockheed Neal present his own medal? Yeah, I don't know why. Like, they... why didn't they just get... Somebody in the room, yeah. Yeah, just get his, um, Chris Fagan to present it to him. Like, I don't quite understand why. He's been yes. in a hub with these players. I just don't quite get why he didn't. Like, <laughs> it makes can, no sense. Yeah. They could tackle each other. They can play footy together. Yeah. But... They're literally sitting next to each other without a... And I think I think it's when we spoke to a certain player, that a certain, not a certain player, a certain person that had been in the hub life here with a little bit... Um, confused as we are about you know what is actually like you know what they should be doing what they can't be doing because he was quite confused but yeah is what it is mate. yeah and i think that's another again it's up, one of those things people will try and put an asterisk next to it yeah. but the only asterisk uh it shouldn't have an asterisk at all but to win it throughout this year through all everything they've gone through is, is See, pretty good i don't understand i don't understand a premiership i can <laughs> I don't agree with, but I can understand how some people would have that thing. But at Brownlow, I don't understand how you can have an asterisk next to it because everyone's played the same amount of games, same game time. He wasn't, no one was close enough to him to catch him. So it wasn't like another, it's another five games, he probably breaks all the records. It wasn't like another five games, second place might have a run him. So, a brown, yeah, it's a premiership. I can understand. Again, don't agree, but I can understand how an asterisk could be put next to a Brownlow medal. It's a Brownlow medal. You're the best of the season. It doesn't matter what the season is. You're still the best in that season. Exactly. Did a great job. And before we wrap up, all right, sixteen minute quarters. Do you like it or not? No. no. Hate it. Hate it. I. Is that the thing? I. I understand that they're probably. I like to go back to twenty, but I understand they're not going back to twenty. I feel like. So I feel like minimum of 18 minutes, right? But this is the thing. If AFL drops to 18 minute quarters, you can almost guarantee local footy will follow suit. Yeah, no, because we're playing. They're playing with time on. If you're going to play 18 with time on. The seniors might play 18 with time on. I feel like... I I just worry that if we shorten quarters, that's going to filter down to local footy and we're going to miss out on a good... Two quarters, two minutes a quarter. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. But I, I don't, I, I don't mind eighteen minutes with Tom on because, like, there was quarters that were getting oh, to half yes. an hour. Like, it was getting pretty crazy. So yeah, I do. There's got to be a balance there somewhere. I think. Yeah, I, I feel like eight. I think as Dangerfield said, um, at eight minute quarters, it still gives luxury to play games in a closer period. 
you know, or is it do they do the twenties, but then they look at what things stop time and what yeah, doesn't. That's, exactly that's right. the other that's, thing, I think, you know. Yeah, it, it could it could almost be a you know, because in reality, if you would like to not stop the clock at a stoppage and only stop it when a goal is keep the quarters are eighteen minutes plus stoppages and you only stop the goals stop the clock for a goal, the quarters are gonna give eighteen minutes and twenty three seconds. So like we're good. Like there's not many goals getting kicked. But that's what I mean. If you kept it at twenty with yeah, not, you, not stopping. Yeah, sorry, stoppages. twenty, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah and like, you stop it you stop it for a shot on goal. So So now that I actually agree with that. They you stop it for your shots on goal, get rid of this thirty second bullshit and just stop the clock. Because as we spoke about last week, you know, my opinions, blokes are cooked by the time they get their shot on goal. You know, and as we learnt last week, the, the tradition of the AFL, VFL is to tinker with the rules and a way to get rid of uh, so much time being stopped would be to get rid of and to get rid of, you know, to stop conjecture with deliberate would be you know, the last touch rule, which as I explained, I was, every time I got mentioned, I'm like, that's an absolute bullshit rule. Get rid of, don't, don't bring it in. Don't bring it in. But I learned that it was a thing. Then I watched the sandfall. Then you watch that Hamish Hartlett decision and you sort of sit there and go, you know what? Probably not a bad rule to bring in. Well, with how how often they're trying to pl- pay deliberate now, yeah, you you're almost better off just having them because then it takes that iffiness out of it. Because how many times do you see a guy just booted out of there? He takes a complete right angle. He he's kicking for territory. He's not kicking it yeah. to get it out of bounds. Takes a right angle, goes out of bounds. They go, no, that was deliberate. It's like, well, in in a last touch, it would have been a free kick the other way anyway. So, speaking of um. <laughs> we're now just talking about our own footy thoughts. So, yeah, welcome to the Cobra Cast with the present VP yes. talking footy. Um, with the deliberate, I was watching. I was watching Grand Finals. I think it was I think Michael Voss or one of the one of the Scott brothers booted the ball like sixty meters, aiming for the boundary line, right? And it's gone across the boundary line, and the commentator's like, "Oh, that's that could be deliberate. That's pretty deliberate." <laughs> Forward in. Oh, he's lucky there. And the Chris Scott's running around like, I oh, know, like that was what he's meant to do. Like, it wasn't even a thought. Like, oh, I'm watching it going, oh, that's deliberate. He has throw it in. It's just like, you start to look at it and go, well, like back then it was just kick for touch, get it out as far as yeah. you can. And that's, it was tactics. And that's why they've bring in, you know, like there's that famous Graham Geelong one with the, the rush behinds, the Geelong and Hawthorne one, wasn't, yeah. wasn't it with the rush behinds? That's what changed the and, rush yeah, behind rule. That, and, you know, it's like, there's tactics, you know, coaches, they find their ways to push right to the edges of all the rules. And then yeah. once they they start creeping on that edge, the, the AFL companies go, all right, well, now we're going to have to change it. But yeah. the coaches work around it. They yeah. find their ways. See, and the, the, deliberate, the deliberate rush behind rule, I don't, see, I don't see an issue with deliberately rushing behind. It, again, it's if you don't it, – it's made it harder to adjudicate what is deliberate and what's not because blokes will sit there, pick the ball up, and about this chasing that will be on their tail will pull up, pull up, yeah, to the same go across the line, and it's like, well, that is actually deliberate. There's no pressure, but it's no he was there, and that deliberate, deliberate rush behind. I don't see the point, and it just rush it behind. Like, what does it matter? It's again, don't again, just don't stop the clock. Like, mate, it's, if they're rushing them behind, there's always a chance of the bear trap's favourite seven point play mm-hmm. to happen. So, yeah, if a, you're any kind of football team. And you're they've they've rushed the behind, mate. You're you're making sure you get that seven point play. So, and if they rush another one, it's an eight point play. You, yeah, keep rushing all day. You're going to get the goal on eventually. Yeah, exactly right. And you know what? You you, know, you might rush six behinds, but jokes on you, mate, because they, you've just fucking wait. You waste the time of the clock. You haven't even got the ball past your fifty to get it out of there. It's yeah. It's um. Yeah. There's many mate. We could go. And this was pretty much what the body that conversation we keep the kick was last yeah. week. <laughs> Which is why we had to stop. We got off camera and then spoke again for another half hour. I spoke half hour beforehand. It's, um, oh, mate. But yeah, we're going to wrap this up, mate. We've got another intro All to record right. before uh, we record another episode. So, yeah, we'll um, see you on the next one, the Nashville Kangaroos. And, and, and don't forget, you need a dog getting groomed. Get fluffed. Get fluffed, yeah. You go get fluffed too. All right. Oh, you can get fluffed, mate. <laughs> Catches. Thanks for watching the Cobra Cast with the present VP. And if you need somebody to talk to, why not contact New Life Psychology in Berwick? They are now taking phone appointments. 
or you could head to otlr.com.au for tips and info. And we are supporters of TAC's Towards Zero campaign. Head to towardszero.vic.gov.au for more info because zero is the only acceptable number. Hey Siri, play the Cobra Cast with the present VP.